0: Hey, yo, and here we go. Another episode of We Talk Music is on the air and in your ear. Once again, I'm Martin, and I have with me the king of the casters, Mr. Brett Podcast, and am Brett. On this episode, we
1: have a guest. Hey, we have a guest? That's amazing. It's, it's almost like, we, oh, wow, we've done that every time, but that's pretty good. Um, we have a really talented singer-songwriter. He is Jonathan Tyler. He's on to promote his new song, Magic Sam's Boogie, and just talk about some great music. So, Jonathan, how are you?
2: Hey man, I'm great. Thanks for having me on, guys.
1: Well, we are happy to have you on. Uh, Magic Sam's Boogie is a is a lot of fun. I'm I'm a really big fan of your music. I mean, especially like going back and listening to some of the some of the older stuff as well. I mean, you've you've gone, you've progressed a lot in your career. But I like how you're trying to kind of keep a lot of the influences and just kind of, just kind of gather them in to create like a melange of music.
2: Yeah, I mean I've I've always liked kind of stuck to, you know, what I loved throughout the 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 10, 15 years that I've done this. So it, it's definitely changed over the time, which I think it would be boring if it if it didn't. But you know, guitar, I'm a guitar guy at the end of the day. So that's kind of what, what I guess the kind of common thread that weaves it all together. I love
0: that uh, song title, Magic Sam's Boogie by the way. I think we we have 2022's best song title already locked up.
2: Nice. Well, yeah, it's you know, I I I I've learned this this riff, the Magic Sam riff, and he's a you know, blues player from from Chicago, originally from Mississippi, and uh it was just it was the perfect kind of amalgamation of like all the different things that I love about guitar and I kind of, you know, took it put my own little spin on it and um i just felt like you know why not kind of pay homage to him because you know he really was the inspiration for it
1: so then when did you get into guitar and i guess when did you get into the concept of playing like you do
2: well i got into it you know middle school era like so i was i was probably like 13 or something and i realized i was like a little guy and i wasn't going to be a you know linebacker anything like that so i uh i kind of got into skateboarding and i was kind of going alternative like you know punk rock sort of spirit and uh my parents got me a guitar probably hoping that i wouldn't just be like a a lost boy you know (laughs) and luckily like it immediately clicked with me and I, i did kind of lean into it and um and immediately like like just got positive reinforcement from friends and girls. And, you know, I was like, this is for me. And, um, and so I kind of stuck with it through, through school and started writing songs and stuff. Like, I guess like life just kind of provided me with like the right people at the right time where like I was around some songwriters and things like that. And I just got, I got really into it. I mean, I totally dive, dove like headfirst into music and, I was always a fanatic, but, but at that point I was like, it was like, became my identity, you know, as a young guy. And, um, and then I just sort of like, you know, started making bands and stuff like that. To, even before we ever played a show or rehearsed, we were, we were, we had a band, you know what I mean? It was like, we were like telling people at school, like we had a band before we'd even played together. <laughs> like, but um, you know, um, it's just, just been my life. And then, over over the time of doing it, just just kind of like finding the things like more niche and more niche that like that really fit into what what style I like and you know a lot of that has to do with like blues and um finger picking um which is kind of the right hand um part of of like guitar playing, which you can really kind of take back to the earliest blues guys that were like lightning hopkins and um guys like uh you know robert johnson even um a lot of that stuff those guys were just they were entertainers but they were they were solo guys they'd be by themselves and so they picked up this style of playing the bass with their thumb and then the, like the melody with their other fingers and um i kind of found that once i found that style of blues like playing and co- even country stuff too it really felt like this is this is my home You know, and so over the years, especially like in the last 10 years, I've really gotten into that, that style of playing and just tried to develop more and more of it, you know. So
1: how much do you work on, like, practicing the guitar? Because I know we've talked to a lot of people and some of them, some of them are like, you know, they'll have a guitar around constantly. Some actually rarely touch the guitar up until it's time to actually, you know, start working. What's, where do you sit?
2: I'm kind of like I'm kind of like um, I have a lot going on. I mean, like at this point, it's it's gotten to where I'm like so busy with like because rec- I have a recording studio, so I'm always working with bands, recording bands, and I'm always kind of you know touring or doing something where it's pretty hard to like find the hours in the day to like practice. But I'll say this is what usually happens: is is I'll I'll stumble on a song. That I'm like, how are they doing this? And then I'll, I'll end up being so obsessed with figuring out how they're playing it that I'll sit and learn it, you know, for however long it takes. Like, and with a lot of the finger picking stuff, it's so like ambidextrous that it takes a long time at first. Like it may not sound like it from, from just listening to like this magic Sam riff, but like if you try to sit down and learn it, it's, it's a beast. You know, like it really takes like breaking your brain into like <laughs> fragmenting it so that you can do these different things at the same time. And um, so I, I think it's really for me, it's like when I find something that I'm inspired by, I'll I'll spend, you know, 20 hours, you know, five hours a day until I figure it out. You know, like it's just one of those things I like to break the code.
1: Mm-hmm. So then this is part of uh, of a full album, is it?
2: yeah i mean it, i made a full record in like in 2020 um and and the thing is is that you know when everything kind of broke down uh, it made it didn't make as much sense anymore to uh, like put it out as like a full thing because it was like i'm not going to be able to tour on this like we put it out we put it out just all together pretty much at this point it'd be forgotten and there'd be no like it's it's kind of goes hand in hand as far as touring and releasing music. I think, um, I think they really go hand in hand. So I I wanted to wait until touring started to feel a little bit more um, feasible, which it is. It's starting to feel that way now to me. Um, so yeah, I've got a I've got a handful of songs that are going to come out, and we've already released a handful, um, like a song called "Hustling," a song called "Old Friend." um mr resistor underground forever and um moon and stars so they're those are all part of the same collection but actually this song we recorded live um and there's like a live video that goes with it as well um so it's kind of it's kind of uh, interestingly like out on its own a little bit but i don't know i I, does it have to matter anymore because i mean the format has just been Destroyed by streaming these days. It's like, yeah, yes,
1: yes, it has. Yeah, no kidding.
0: No kidding. You're just coming off a bunch of tour dates, aren't you? It's just, how did those go?
2: They went great. It was fun, man. I was like, finally, like, um, I've been doing like one off dates for the last year or so, like, you know, weekend warrior type stuff. Just go do like Friday, Saturday, come back. Um, and this actually was like a three week run and it felt, like I remember it was we were in like Jackson Mississippi and um after the gig one of my friends there was like hey do you want to go check out this this random bar and I was like I haven't done this in 3 years like <laughs> 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 you know jumped jumped in the truck and like went to some backwoods Mississippi bar and there was like a band playing and just people you know hanging out and I was just like oh my god I can't believe how much I missed these random you know excursions um so it it does feel like it's kind of coming back a little bit
1: no that's great especially yeah i mean i can't imagine what that must be like to just to to go well i mean i know what it's like from a fan perspective but yeah from the musician perspective to go from like just being able to go and hang out and do those kind of things to to like yes now i'm hanging out in the studio all the time
2: (laughs) yeah i mean to me like touring is really tough like it's you know and there's bands out there they have everybody has their different ethos for it i mean for me touring wouldn't be really that that worth it if i wasn't able to like go explore the towns that i'm in like a big part of what i love is just those random you know finding that cool coffee shop in town or like meeting the the vintage clothes dealer or or you know finding the the little like hole-in-the-wall dive bar I mean I just live for that stuff so like that's almost the most rewarding part of touring and so when that part you know when we were out during COVID it was like you couldn't you you had to stay in your bubble and that part made it kind of not boring but it's just like uh, you know missed that part so I do feel like it's coming back a little bit So
1: well, and you've had the opportunity to open for like a ton of different artists. I mean, and, and not just, and not just, you know, like within the same musical genre, but I mean, to go from like Skinner and ACDC and ZZ top and Robert Randolph and, you know, very like, yeah, This yeah. <laughs> is a kid rock. I mean,
2: Yeah. No, I, I mean, well, I think cause, cause what I do is very traditional rock and roll. Like, country American style music it's I don't think that it's so far out in like left field or or whatever that there's just there's a lot of different people that have the same roots you know and I think that um it just kind of it, it works you know and um and I'm not really like a political I am a political person but i I don't really put that into the music so much and so I feel like it's just you know I can kind of morph and, and, and jump around it's it's and in that's in, an, in, a, in a sense like play with some country guys or play with some rock guys or you know songwriter style i can do that too so it's it's all to me it's all about just like the fans really and the people who love music because you know look at our look at our spotify or our, our apple playlist like we're all jumping around listening to different things
0: is that kind of a, a- conscious decision to keep the politics out of it i'm sure there's artists you've admired who've been very political in their music
2: well i just feel like um music to me when i listen to it is is like higher in a conscious list, like a consciousness level place than politics like it it it's above politics for me it's like a spiritual thing for me so i don't i don't like to um, put it into a box of like one side or the other just because I feel like it's like if I go to a show and I've said I say this at my show sometimes where I'm like you know you don't you don't go to a big like rock show or a big concert and look around and go oh look over there that guy's a right winger or, or look at that guy he's left or you know nobody's really looking around at the crowd when you're in the crowd you're just watching the show together and I think that that's where music can kind of transcend um, politics. And I think in some ways, when you, when you put it into a category, you're almost like sort of lowering its power into this sort of, um, into something else that, it's, that it doesn't have to be. I mean, I do, I do believe that there's time for, for activism and there's time for, um, you know, there's time for people to, to sing about certain things and and i i I admire that but for me i'm not necessarily trying to speak to that part of people's you know i I feel like if i could categorize it and and break it apart and be like okay we're going to talk about politics now then i can do it but i don't like to mix the music with the politics if that makes sense that makes a lot
0: of sense i I think that uh you know music is something that brings us all together why would you want to ruin that you know is basically what it comes
2: like yeah that's exactly how i feel about it it's like it's like it's like you know i don't know it's just it's like why talk about something that's a little bit below what music the power of music to to do is really to take you to this sort of this higher place within yourself so why break it down into this thing that's going to start you know causing like arguments and stuff. I, I just don't, but, but as far as just like, you know, like I said, if you were, we were to be like, Hey, let's talk about this. I'm open to talking about it when it's possible to actually have a real discussion about it. Um, Cause I'm always afraid that you're going to, you know, that I'm going to say something and it's going to get broken into like a six second clip that, like then it's like well you're canceled now. <laughs> yeah. <to> <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: um, yeah. Nowadays you got to be careful of that.
2: I mean you do, and and also I feel like we're probably about to hit this place where people are going to stop. It's gonna I, like I think it's gotten kind of crazy. The whole cancel culture has gotten a little too out of hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's there's probably going to be some sort of blowback to that where it's like people are maybe, maybe, maybe they'll come back to, to just being able to, you know, stop taking themselves so seriously and, and just, uh, you know, make jokes and laugh about how dumb we all are, you know? (laughs) That would be
1: nice. That's for sure. (laughs) So then, you know, tell us about your songwriting process overall. Like how many, like how long does it take you to write a song? How many songs, like, do you have a lot of songs kind of built up and ready to go?
2: Yeah, totally. I um, mean, for me, I'm like kind of the same way as practicing. I don't like to like force myself to sit and write. Um, I like, What I do try to do is recognize when I'm inspired. Um, like when I have an idea, whether it be a lyric or a part, like a guitar riff or something that I love, I usually know like instantly when I have those, those like moments of clarity and they excite, I get so excited about having one that I usually will just like stop whatever I'm doing and just kind of try to get as much of that, that inspiration, like just let it out for as long as it happens. Cause you never know, like sometimes it's, it can be like an hour of like you have an idea and then you spend like an hour doing it. and then your brain, my brain, might go into like analyze mode, and see. I think there's two modes of of songwriting. I think there's like the inspiration, and I think there's the the analyze mode. You know, there's the editing, there's the critiquing, but I think that part can ruin the inspiration part. Um, so I'm really, I tell people like whenever we're writing or we're having like a a moment of like, this is awesome like just don't stop doing that until you like go on that as long as you can because and record it all like take out your phone and do a voice memo like I, I always call it like speaking in tongues like I'll be like just um, just kind of mouthing out syllables and stuff over over a melody you know and it doesn't make any sense but like it doesn't really need to like the, the thing is is that you have to let those ideas kind of come out before you start analyzing them. Because I, I just think as soon as your brain goes into the uh, analyze mode, you know, it's like, it, you'll never finish a song if you get into that headspace, like, but um, at the same time, I have a million little little memos of like a verse idea or like a chorus idea or a guitar riff um, that at some point you have to go back to and, and actually use the discipline of the analyze mode to finish so those things have to work together i think but but yeah i mean it's crazy dude i'll be falling asleep and i'll have i'll just get hit with an idea like a melody Uh or like a lyric and i'll just pop up and record a voice memo of it really quick you know or um you know same kind of thing driving down the street um you just never know when it's going to happen but it's like as a songwriter who's been doing this for a while, like, dude, I'll stop whatever I'm doing to like make sure. Because those moments are basically gifts from, from you know, some higher power or something. Because it's it's like sometimes those things can, you know, they can change your life just like a little song idea, you know.
0: We've had uh, quite a few musicians actually on and other artists as well, like in, in other forms of art Talk about how the ideas are already out there. The music's already out there. It's out there. They just have an antenna that lets them kind of tune into it for some reason. And yeah, does you I, kind of feel like that. Is that kind of
2: well? I do. I do feel that way because it's like if you know. I feel like if you don't get there, somebody else will get it. You know, it's <laughs> a little bit of that. Like it's a little bit of that. Like um yeah, I do kind of think that it is like that. Um, I think that there's a. I mean, this gets into like spiritual talk and stuff and cosmic talk, but I think there's like a, a universal, like unconscious subconscious sort of thing that we're all kind of, we're all kind of like tapped into a little bit. And there's some people who have that ability to like, um, to pull that into like, uh, I guess, to manifest it in a sense into, you know, this material world where it's like, and you you pull a song out of that that big ocean of subconsciousness and people resonate with it. And it's sort of like, well, yeah, maybe it was always there. Um, but I don't know. Maybe maybe that's just, you know, maybe that's just just like crazy. I don't know. <laughs> that
0: makes sense to me. It makes sense to me.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's like Blown in the Wind by Bob Dylan. I mean, that song just seems like it was always there. You know, yeah, um, it's just so iconic and, and it just instantly is like you just feel like you've heard it a million times. But yeah, I, it's crazy when it happens, you know, and I tell people all the time, like investors, you know, money investors, money people, they they're happy when they get like, a, you know, 100 percent return on investment or something, you know, 200 percent. With a song, you're, you're taking something that costs you nothing. It just comes out of thin air. And then, you you know, it could it could be the thing that it just is just like multiplies by like, you know, infinity. There's no real, you know, way to quantify like what a song can do. And it's really the same with, with any idea. I mean, if it's a powerful idea, it can really change so many things and just just have some ideas have energy, I guess, is the thing, you mm. know.
0: Yeah, Completely. That's, that's, uh, that's really interesting. Uh, One of the things that I was curious about was uh, you've done, uh, you know, television shows and you did Jimmy Kimmel show. Isn't that right? Jimmy Kimmel Live? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Like something like that. I mean, that's super cool. And I'm thinking when you're going to go out there and you're going to play like one or two songs or, you know, a television show, is that a different mindset before going out there than there is, if you're going to do a full show?
2: Oh yeah, man. No doubt about it. I mean, those, those big, those big moments like that, where, you know, I mean, for one, there's like three or $4 million cameras in your face. I mean, it's, it's, it's impossible to feel normal in that moment. I mean, you have to be really good at performing like almost like theater to do one of those shows and not be too self-conscious and self-aware. Um, at least in my opinion i i'm i become so fully aware of of my presence and every move i make when i've got cameras like that in front of me um and it it makes it hard i think to be to be like to not be affected by it um so i think like whereas like with a live a big live performance you can find your your rhythm you can find your flow like if it takes even if it takes like three songs or something to kind of get there, you can get into that comfort zone, you know, and it's easier to get there. Whereas like with those TV shows, I mean, it's just basically like, all right, go, you know, and you've got to, you've got to be basically a well-oiled machine at that point, you know, um, to really transcend the, uh, the pressure of what it is. I think.
0: What about before the show? Do you get, is there a different, okay, this is how I'm going to do this. Like, is it,
2: do you just focus in differently than you would? Well, I mean, it's, yeah, it's totally, it's totally, um, I think that, you know, as I've gotten older, I've gotten better at this. I mean, I think when we did that first Jimmy Kimmel performance, I just drank a ton of whiskey. (laughs) 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 I mean, seriously, I was so nervous that I just, I think I just drank myself into into like a place of not really being able to be nervous about anything. But I did, I later on, I've done, uh, I did Conan um, playing guitar for Nikki Lane. And um, that was different because I think it, I, you know, I was much older and much more aware of what those kind of situations were like. And I think that the second go round, I just totally took a more like rehearsed, Sort of like let's get every step planned, you know, so that it's there's no like you just become like a, a machine, in in a sense, to where like you know when you you turn it on and turn it off, you know. Um, And I think that that's the best way for for those high pressure moments like that. I think that, I mean, it's it's cool to be like loose and stuff like that and just go into it and be be real, but but. Honestly those moments are a little bit too I think they're too like important and there is a lot of pressure and 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 you get, you really do need to be more just like a well-oiled machine at that point.
1: Well I would so. think that the that you know the 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 possibility of disaster far outweighs the possibility of success if you if you don't think about
2: it. <laughs> Well yeah, I mean it's it's like it's like the Super Bowl, dude. I mean like every player uh that plays football like dreams about going to that to that moment. And so your expectations almost like your mind has so much um built up expectation of what it's going to be like that like almost no matter what you do, it's going to be a fog and it's going to be you're you're just it's hard to explain that. But I I think that everybody who anybody who's ever, you know, it's like your wedding day, you know, it's like you you have so much expectations going into it that it almost once you get there, it happens so fast that you don't even really you you like look back and you're like, do I remember anything that just happened? It's like it's a fog. So the second time that like I did one of those late night shows, I was like kind of prepared for what it was going to be. And you kind of go in going, OK, the best way to do this for me is to just be as prepared as possible, like to just kind of go over all the steps of like, OK, here's what's going to happen. Then this is going to happen. Just kind of work it out in your mind beforehand so that you go you go in there like a just like a it's like a routine instead of, be, you know, being like um, emotion. Because I think, I just think that it's too, it gets too foggy when you go in there off pure emotion with, with something like that. I mean, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's I just, wonder,
0: it, it makes me wonder, I mean, what do you do if, say, you're on stage with somebody and you know, all that you're playing with and they do something you completely, anytime, not just, you know, on a television show, but they do something you completely don't expect them to do. They have, you react to that.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it happens. That's the thing is it does happen um you know you you gotta you know a lot of times what i've found is that like the crowd never really notices um especially like just at a live show like you can have mistakes that people won't notice like you come off stage and people are like that was awesome and your first response is well yeah but we messed up this part and that part and they're like but it was awesome and you're like no. <laughs> and it becomes like this it comes like this argument of like no we messed up and and they don't a lot of times the people in the crowd don't notice, like even even musicians out in the crowd won't pick up on it. I mean, the problem with like a, a late night show is that it's recorded. So like somebody who watches it over and over, like a you know a football coach or a football team, like studying their their last game. Of course, you're going to see those those mistakes and things like that. And I think I think that that's where, you know, that's why I say, that's why I go back to just like. You definitely want to practice and be ready for those those higher moments, but but if you can do it without having having too much expectations and too much you know um, pressure, it's a really fine balance because it's got to be fun, and you want to have fun when you're doing it and be in the moment. But at the same time, you've got to be ready for like what it feels like when you know there's a million dollar camera and like two feet from your face you
1: know like <laughs> yeah well jonathan um we are right up against our time with you here it's gone super fast so we want to be able to give you the chance to uh promote yourself promote the music tell everybody where they can find magic sam's boogie i can't wait yeah. to see the video by the way yeah looking forward Man, to
2: that. I, i'll send it to you guys um i'll send it to you right now um so the best way to find it these days I always tell people is just to google Jonathan Tyler like, <laughs> or duck duck go if you're a piracy or a a, a sort of like a, a data you know uh, paranoid like I am um, but uh, but yeah I mean just just search me I'm, I've got a website um, it's Jonathan Tyler Um it's always updated I've got social media people you know all, these days like we're all. So exposed online, and I'm out there, just like everybody else. Um, so it's pretty easy to find if you just just search it a little bit. Um, and uh, the the video is coming out a couple Fridays from now, like April eighth, and um it's just gonna be on YouTube, and it'll be all over my my channels everywhere. So um yeah, man. Thanks for letting me talk for a little bit. Now yeah. uh, be on your show, and if you guys ever need somebody else to just come on and just blabber on just like, you know, you know where to find me. Yeah. Well, yeah. You're really interesting.
0: That. We really enjoyed this conversation. It's a, thank you so much for your time. And, you know, I hope you the best of luck with magic Sam's boogie. I hope it, you know, I know a gypsy woman must have crossed over a million views. Let's hope you have at least that kind of success.
2: Oh brother. Thank you so much. Yeah. I, I feel like, you know, just, just getting it out there into the world is, is a success. Cause it's just so hard to just, get you know something recorded and made and put out and all that so it's like wherever it goes from here i just i'll be grateful you know and um it's uh who knows you never know never never know know.
1: that's right well jonathan thank you so much and uh, all the best in the future and we will i'm sure we'll talk to you again
2: hell yeah thanks guys awesome thanks a lot later guys bye now i the one